everyone, and welcome to another edition of the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto, and I'll be your host for today's episode. For this podcast, we're going to take a closer look at how one independent dealer in Chicago is managing what has become a big challenge for every dealer, how to get the cars you need from auctions and elsewhere and buy them as right as you can. My guests are Vita Presnikovita, dealer principal at Midway Auto House in Chicago, and Patrick James, director of business development for V Auto's Stockwave Solution. Vita and Patrick, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, Lance. Good to be here. Indeed, indeed. Sounds like we got a dog joining us today. You know, it was the ring camera sensor that just triggered her because we have the same thing. So she oh, knows. Oh, no. That, that, off that it went off on my phone because I didn't have it off. Oh, it <laughs> I got to completely turn my phone off because it went off over the top. All good. Oh, All so good. she barks when she knows that's what it is? Yeah. Correct. Correct. Ah, that's, that's a good dog. It's well, a good, she's a good dog. She's a really good dog. Yeah, well trained. Well, let, let's jump in. Let's jump into the podcast here. Vita, if you would, please tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be the dealer principal at Midway Auto House. Absolutely. So um, my career in the automotive industry actually started out um, in sales at a Mercedes store in Chicago, Mercedes-Benz of Chicago. Um, so I think that for my first few years, I had the opportunity to learn the business from people who have a superior knowledge of it. Um, some of the best guys in the business, I still believe that to this day. Um, so during my tenure there, I was just like a sponge, right? Trying to soak it all up, soak it all in. I fell in love with the business, had no idea that that was something that I wanted to do prior um, ever, right? And then during my career there, my father had the opportunity to acquire these two used car stores, which are Midway Auto House today. And when I felt like it was ready for the, I was ready for the training wheels to come off, um, I overtook overseeing the operations of the family business. Fantastic. So second generation dealer, it sounds like. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. And maybe our listeners would also benefit from just knowing a little bit more about your dealership. Like, could you tell us how many vehicles you stock in a given month and maybe the kind of cars that you consider the sweet spot for what you're doing? Sure. So um, currently we're stacking about 100 vehicles on a monthly basis. We turn 60 to 70 percent of that on a monthly basis. Um, we have a very dimix, a diverse mix of inventory, I would say, too. And we have a very mixed demographic in our area, too. Right. So we're able to capture some prime business, a little bit of subprime, a lot of subprime, I should say. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. But our sweet spot has been for at least the last year and a half. It's that that unicorn, that nice car between ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Aha. OK, well, let's let's talk about how you're 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 filling those uh, holes in the inventory there. Um, so in why did that become your sweet spot or was it sort of always a sweet spot but that has just in the last two years really become what's driving the business i think um the mar we saw a significant change in the market and people's budgets um and you know kind of lifestyle some lifestyle changes in our demographic um that's been a it's been a result of that um and i think that it's been 
definitely just a change of focus from um, from us, right? And the direction that we want to take. Um, as much as I would love to stack a lot full of brand new, almost brand new off-lease, highline, pretty Mercedeses and Audis and, you know, your luxury vehicles, right? Um, what we have found using StackWave, um, you know, as a tool, and it's been a big help in that, that um, that doesn't work for our store, right? That's not where we get our high volume from. And those vehicles tend to age on the lot. And a lot of the times we find ourselves asking these questions, right? I mean, here we have a really nice car for $30,000. And here we have a not so car, not so nice car for $15,000. That $15,000 car will always still sell quicker than my nice $30,000 car, right? So it's kind of a no brainer for us. Why should I go out to the auctions and tie up forty dollars or $50,000 in capital, right? When I can go out there and buy maybe three, four cars with that capital allocation. And turn them in, in the same amount of time as it would have taken you to turn the that other. Is correct. Okay. Okay. Now you mentioned Stockwave, Vita. When did you guys make the adoption of Stockwave at your store? And if you would, could I get a glimpse of what buying and, and appraising cars was like before Stockwave? Sure. Um, we started implementing Stockwave into our processes, I would say sometime um, late and at the end of 2019, right? So prior to COVID, prior to 2020. And I remember looking for a tool to help me price cars. The reason why I stumbled upon Stackwave was not for inventory acquisition purposes, but when I was pricing my inventory, I was constantly felt like I still, despite the market research that I was doing on my own without Stockwave and the tools available through there, um, I still had a lot of question marks above my head, right? Am I priced right according to the market? Am I taking these options into consideration, right? How quickly do these cars sell in our market? Has my car been aging too long? And those were questions that I was not able to find, easily find answers to. And a lot of our price and my pricing method consisted of almost educated guessing, I would say, right? Um, and I found Stockwave, which easily allowed me to gauge the market, find out where we need to be at to be competitively, et cetera. And that's how I started using it. Um, and our inventory acquisition process was actually super old school, right? Clipboards, lists papers, notes, um, going live to the auctions, physically touching and smelling these vehicles and matching them to the CRs, right? And 99% of our buying was done in lane back then, right? So um, slowly but surely, as I became more comfortable with Stackwave, um, and, you know, I think Rich has been, Rich, who is our Stackwave rep, held my hand throughout the process to make sure that I know the software, I know the market metrics, what they mean too. And once I had that confidence in the product and I saw how much success I was having with the product when pricing my inventory, that's when we opened up the door to incorporate it into our inventory acquisition process as well. So I, I, I'm kind of curious about the pricing part. So tell me, tell me what what 
how you're using Stockwave to do that. Uh, is it is it looking at the retail information that you can see in Stockwave, and then back backing out to find out what you you think you can pay for the car? Absolutely. I mean, you know, through the glance, right? I'm able to see all the different market metrics, book values, MMR, of course, um, and then current what you know what is out there right now what's within my 100 or 150 mile radius within me what do dealers have on the lot currently so um it's that one overall snapshot and everything is in one place that's been extremely essential right so i don't need if i'm i don't need to go into cars.com and search for a specific vehicle to find listings for that car right to gauge what our competitors are doing i have that readily available for my for me at the click of a button through the glance and stack wave and and jumping back to the point of acquisition vita so as you brought stock wave in or pre-stock wave the where did you guys go was it mostly local auctions and i'm just kind of curious how Stockwave may have helped you expand the, the the auctions where you're acquiring inventory. And if you're buying them from farther out than maybe you ever have before. Um, nowadays, we buy the cars that we buy here locally um, in the Chicagoland area and then the Midwest are, I will say, far and few in between. Um, we have hmm. tremendously increased our search radius for vehicles. Um, and then there's, there's still some places, right, where transport costs don't make sense for us and it's not the distance a lot of the times it's certain routes that drivers don't like driving that cost more money etc so um there's still a lot of things to be taken into consideration right but um yes stockwave has helped us look out further than we typically would and where would you say the farthest point has been over you know in your your stockwave journey from, from you where know, you purchased a car be, I think be, before Rich went through and eliminated that, he applied that filter for me. So I don't see Hawaii cars anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just automatically eliminated, right? But I think like I, I found myself appraising a couple cars out in Hawaii a couple of times. And I was like, I don't, that is probably a little bit too far from us, right? But um, nothing is off the table. And, you know, we have a tool that's super quick and efficient and providing us with, you know, real current transport rates as well, too. So um, when we look, we are looking everywhere, especially nowadays when, you know, choices are slim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I'm curious about efficiency. I, I can... Just imagine you and maybe a, another person or two from the dealership, you know, loaded up with paper and spending that amount of time. Have you thought about how much time it used to take to maybe investigate, size up and acquire a car back then compared to today? Time-wise, I think that it's, it seems like we're still spending a lot of time um, appraising cars doing the process of elimination so i think that that's very much stayed a time consuming thing but probably cut in half from what it used to be right, right. um i think what's what still takes a long time is because we're looking out further we are looking at more right so there's still a 
time-consuming process of elimination that needs to be done, but it's efficient. Um, through the note system in Stackwave, I have clear and direct communication with my buyers, right? I'm able to add my comments and my notes to them that if they scan that vehicle live at an auction, they're able to see my input already or vice versa, right? So um, I think efficiency, we're still spending a lot of time doing your due diligence as far as, you know, sourcing our inventory, but the efficiency has much more, it has increased tremendously. And I think where it used to take us five hours to maybe just look through the cars that are running at Mannheim, Chicago this Thursday, right? Now during that five hour period, we're probably able to hit all of the Midwest, right? Um, and look at Mannheim, Chicago, look at Mannheim, Milwaukee, look at Mannheim, Ohio, and your Mannheim, Iowa, right? So um, with using the same amount of time, we're able to accomplish a lot more. And for you and maybe your buyers too, um, what are you doing now with that additional time? What does that maybe free you up to do? And I'm sure there's a million things you could be doing, but is there something that's you're now able to do that maybe you didn't weren't able to do before because you were so time pressed? Absolutely. It's allowed us to um, hold auctions and sellers a little bit more accountable, right? Um, I think back mm -hmm. in the day when things used to take too long and we were so caught up um, in the inventory acquisition process, you know, by the time that cars would hit our service center, um, reconditioning would be backed up, right? Someone were not looking at those cars and we're not inspecting them right away. That time for arbitration runs out, et cetera, right? So the process, the reconditioning process as a result is a lot smoother for us as well um, because we're all working more efficiently. And I think we're working smarter not harder, right? So we're able to, we now have the time and the manpower to be able to get on these cars quicker, inspect them quicker, put in the arbitrations sooner before that time expires, right? Or deal shield the car and send it back where typically those, the new arrivals were not as prioritized as they are today. Hmm. Interesting. And you mentioned something about, um, you're, you know, instructing your buyers and keeping in tune with your buyers as they're actually, you know, acquiring cars. So just so I could tell us a little bit about that process. My first thought there, Vita, is that you're going through finding the cars and suggesting this is the list to the buyers. But maybe I'm wrong. Tell, tell us a little bit more about how that works. So we do have our Stockwave strategy business plan set up in Stockwave Rage, which essentially tells you the holes that you need to fill in your inventory, right? So that's just one, I would say, parameter that our buyer has, right? Um, and if he's looking at a car, it's it's very simple. Either that's either a car that we need or that's a car that we don't need. Um, we do have the buy list set up too. So the cars that are added into our daily buy list, those lists are made up of cars that I find and I pick out, and also cars that our buyers find and pick out too, right? So they all go into one list. However, I am never in the dark, and I always know what my guys are going out there looking at and what they're bidding on. And before they do that, I have the opportunity to review those lists, um, be able to clearly see the notes all in one place, gauge the market metrics, right, and make sure that I have the same 
good feeling about that piece of metal as they do, right? And a lot say if if there's something, there's always the question of you look at you look at all the market metrics, you look at the notes, and you still can't wrap your brain around why would my buyer put that in the list, right? And that's a quick phone call and a conversation. What do you see that I don't see? You know, um, but we're able to do that very efficient, efficiently and very smoothly using Stockwave. Right. Uh, if I could add, uh, Lance, I want to ask one question here about the business plan. Um, yeah. You had mentioned that, you know, you have a business plan. You also mentioned you did uh, a lot of subprime business or, you know, a, a percentage of that. Um, is your business plan different? You know, because I know with subprime cars, we're typically just looking to book that car out against, you know, what the uh, finance <laughs> what the bank books it out at, right? Which is usually, you know, NADA, now JD Powers, uh, Clean Trade. How, how does that factor into your strategy? We look at that. We look at book values all the time too. So I think that um, on our on our presets, we look at JD JD Power um, at those book out values. Absolutely. So um, that has, especially nowadays, that cars are so expensive, right? And our cost to acquire a car has gone up significantly. Will we able to finance that car? That's a big key aspect of it that my buyers must keep in the back of their heads when they're appraising a vehicle and determining whether it's right for inventory. But that's, again, an additional step that we would have to take separately, right? Without Stackwave, we would have to go out of the way to use a different tool, copy and paste the VINs and, you know, to get those book values where now we're just see them at first glance, literally. So you're looking at the car really from a retail perspective, but then you're kind of, you know, checking it back against the ability to finance it as well. So it's kind of a one, two punch in the same analysis, right? That is correct. Awesome. I'm, I'm curious by that earlier on, you mentioned, and this goes back to pre uh, stock wave, that about 99% of your buying was uh, in lane. So what's that percentage of in lane versus online look like today? I would say that today it's 95% online and maybe about 5% in lane. Like I said, the cars that we get here locally, which is where we have the opportunity to be in lane are far and few in between nowadays. So 95, if if not 98% of our buying is now done through Simon Caston online. Okay. And and for that 5%, I'm just going to guess, but no one's going to the auction unless you know a car is there. Or or is that, you know, does somebody still go just to keep a finger on the pulse? It depends. If it's if there's a certain it depends on the inventory that we're looking at too, right? Um and if it's something that's rougher right, that we feel like we might be willing to buy that as is red light car because it looks and smells pretty clean and we're not that scared of that CR, right? If my buyer has an opportunity to go physically touch and smell that vehicle and turn it on prior to the sale, we do do that. But I would say that that's, those cars are, you know, one or two out of 20 that we find that way, right? Um, and it's just us doing our due diligence to make sure that we're never buying in the dark, right? But that we're covering all bases and decreasing our risk that way. 
Patrick, I had a question for you, it's sort of a, a broader perspective context question. I was impressed with um, what Vita shared about the two-way dialogue with, with buyers, um, but, you know, dealer to buyer, this is what we're going to do, here's how we, we want to play this. My, my sense is, is that that's a tighter ship than maybe what you see broadly. It, can you give us a little color on that, please? Yeah, I, I tell you, the, the most uh, emerging uh, application for Stockwave lately, which has really kind of been blowing my mind, I, I always thought it was useful for this, but I've never heard dealers actually doing it. And, you know, we had an earlier podcast last week uh, that we did with someone who was using it. Vita, you're doing it for the same thing. You know, I'm going to age myself here. Yeah, Lance, you're with me on this. But, uh, you know, I remember the old Franklin Planner, right? Where you had, a, you had an organizational process, you know, to be able to keep track of certain things you had to do in your tasks and you moved your notes forward. To hear Vita say that, hey, we're using Stockwave to document the different folks in the system looking at cars and, and uh, you know, making those notes and those notes follow the car so that everyone can get a view of what the comments are um, is really cool to me uh, because, you know, we are seeing a lot more, I wouldn't call it, you know, let's call it centralized buying or, or I should say team effort at buying because it's such a, a, a massive process, right? It's very time consuming. When you got, you know, multiple cooks in the kitchen, you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. And I just love the fact uh, that Vita brought that up, that, you know, they're using it for that reason. And I think it's kind of a best kept secret of Stockwave uh, because where else without clipboards and paper and you don't know that anybody's going to get the right clipboard for the day, <laughs> do you share that information? So that's really cool to see. But they are definitely on the cutting edge of using Stockwave for every uh, dollar uh, that they're paying for it. Sure. Um, I think that what I would love to add and stress, too, is not only are we doing that for you know, when we're looking at cars out at auctions too, um, we're using it for um, our trade-ins as well at the store, right? So if it's, it's been, it's been, it's so nice, right? Because if I get in Monday and we have three, four fresh trades from Saturday, I don't have condition reports for those cars, right? I just see a new V3 vehicle, a new trade-in that's stacked in and I can go out and try to find it on the lot and see what condition it's in, if it's rough, if it's got good or bad tires on it, et cetera, right? Um, or I would that's a simple conversation to be had with my sales manager. Hey, tell me about the cars that we took in on trade, right? But I don't need to do that anymore. I'm able to put in the VIN of that car into Stackwave, and I see those detailed appraisal notes in there already, right? The work that the car needs, what we think that we want to pay for it, what the customer wants for it, kind of where where the whole journey of how that car ended up in our inventory is there for me to see, right? So I'm not in the dark and I'm not wondering and asking those questions of, you know, how does that car sit on my lot today? I have that information stored and saved in it already. And then based on the notes and based on the information that they provide for me, right, using the quick glance, I already have an idea of how much work and how much recon we're going to put into that car, what I'm going to price that car in, and what that time frame is, right? So um, if the car needs a lot of cosmetic repairs, right, and body shops backed up, I know that that car's probably at least a week and a half out before I'm going to have it frontline ready, right? So it just, it helps us manage multiple different aspects of the business, I would say. 
Fantastic. I, I'm kind of curious, is your dad still involved in the operation? He's not. So my dad was never on the retail side of the business, actually. He's a big um, automotive export logistics guy. So they do overseas export and inland transportation here. Um, and he was never very much involved in the retail side of the business. So um, prior to Prior to my journey here, we had a different dealer principal that was that, that was running the store that was not a family member, right? So it's very much uh it's very much a family business, but I would say that the bits and pieces that my father gets involved in are just kind of like the fun stuff, right? Like he gives us fun consignment cars to sell. And um, but you know, he's a very, very old school guy. And I think that, you know, showing him Stackwave and like the tools that we use now, um, it's it's very intimidating to him for sure. How, how does he feel about the way you're running things? I mean, I guess I, I understand maybe the, the weirdness or intimidation factor, but I, I got to, from what I'm getting here by it, it just sounds like you're really taking the operation up a notch or two. Absolutely. So I think my goal from the the start of it, right, um, with everything that I had learned and what um, my knowledge and my experience that I was bringing to the table, and it's still to this day my my belief that while we are an independent used car store, there is no reason why I can't apply franchise practices, principles, and processes to our operation, right? Um, so that go that can be said anything right inventory acquisition on um, reputation management brand management etc retaining your employees so um that's always been my goal and i like to think that i run a tight ship um everyone does have um a little bit of sense of freedom right and wiggle room to be in flexibility to be able to do things that they feel like are best right but we all have parameters right and those parameters are established by me understood so a final question vita as you look to take the ship forward through through the remainder of 2022 and into 2023 what might you list as say one or two key priorities that you have as dealer principal for your business uh, to meet the goals that you have in mind? Um, it's being extremely strategic with our inventory acquisition process, right? Um, I heard this on one of your previous podcasts. Um, I think it was a couple of months ago, but it stuck with me guys. And, and I loved it. I think one, the one dealer kept saying it over and over again, stay lean, right? So we are, we still very much um, have that mentality and we are staying lean. We continue to acquire new inventory, but very strategically um, and only what we know works and what sells and what we can turn quick. Um, this is not a time for us to be trying something new and reinvent the wheel and change our inventory, right? So I think that that's, we know where we're comfortable at. Um, goal ultimately would be to get my store back to 200 cars live advertised on my app and my website. Um, will the market allow me to do that right now? I don't know. Time will tell, but I do not feel comfortable doing that at this time, right? So um, we will get back to that, but it's when the market 
will allow us. And, and, and when you reach that point, um, where would you anticipate your retail? So let's say let's say you're at a point where you have 200 cars on the lot advertised. What would you expect your retail sales to look like then? I have to turn at least 50% of that inventory on a monthly basis. Okay, okay. That, that's what I was thinking. Wonderful. Patrick, any, any final questions or thoughts from you? No, just by the kudos to your operation and uh, you know, you're leveraging technology. You, know, you talked about, hey, we need to be franchise like. Well, there's a lot of franchise dealers that don't leverage the technology like you all are doing from what I hear. Well, so. my goal, you know, and my goal would be to and I keep telling Rich that I feel like I've learned Stockwave now. Right. I'm a I'm a believer. I'm a believer. It's my it's my Bible. My salespeople use it as a closing tool, too. I forgot to tell you guys that. Um, and it helps them. It helps them close customers. It helps them hold their growth. Um, I can talk all day about that, right? But um, there's products that are that offer more than Stockwave does, like Viauto. What I don't know what it's called, but anyway, guys, my goal is to be able to graduate to that towards the end of the year, and to be able to dive into that data and those analytics on a much deeper level and whatnot. And I think that there's so much useful information to be had there as well. So I think that this is just very much the beginning for us. It's been a game changer in a good way, um, but it's just the start of our journey with um, Stackwave and Beato. I'll say, Vida, if you stay focused on your affordability strategy, uh, the market will be kind to you. So I, I, yeah, I, you know, we're just seeing the numbers and the projections of inventory in the next couple of years and the price points of new cars, um, yeah, staying down in, uh, because folks still need affordable transportation and it's harder to buy those cars, but you guys are using the technology, you're grinding it out and you're finding them. They're out there. They just take a little more work, maybe take a little more risk in terms of CR scores. But I compliment you, if you stay on that strategy, the market will reward you because it's, you know, with interest rates going up, um, you know, that payment car is going to get, you know, it's going to, that price point is going to have to come down to make it affordable. So stay with it. And I think you're going to do great. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Vida. Thank you, Patrick. It's been a pleasure talking to both of you. And thanks to all of you for turning in, tuning in to this episode of the V Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.